Welcome to Heart Chats with Jessica, where we are having fun in Jesus. Join us today to hear an encouraging message to help you embrace your place and finish your race with joy and victory. Greetings and thank you for joining me today. I am going to be, um, over the next several episodes, be sharing on the topic of a house of prayer in perilous times. So this is going to take several episodes to get through, um, just because I have a lot, you know, my heart in regards to this topic. Um, but I'm going to start off with a scripture that came up as I was studying and kind of diving into, um, sharing on this topic recently. And the scripture that I want to start off with is second Timothy three, one through four. I'm going to be reading out of the tri- the, uh, passion translation, but you need to be aware that in the final days, the culture of society will become extremely fierce. People will be self-centered lovers of themselves and obsessed with money. They will boast of great things as they strut around in their arrogant pride and mock all that is right. They will ignore their own families. They will be ungrateful and ungodly. They will become addicted to hateful and malicious slander, slaves to their treachery, They will act without restraint, bigoted and wrapped in clouds of their conceit. They will find their delights in the pleasures of this world more than the pleasures of the loving God. I couldn't help as I, you know, read the scripture in this specific translation, I couldn't help but see the very obvious correlations between this passage and our current culture. I mean, hello, like it feels like it was written today. That's what I love about the Bible. It's so relevant. Um, you know, it was written thousands of years ago, but it's so relevant to us today if we take the time to dive in and really like see what God is saying to us. It is so applicable. But um, you know, as you look at the times that we're in right now, these are most definitely perilous times that we're living in. Times of great division, great opposition, confusion, frustrations, you name it. People are going through so much right now and they're really like struggling with those things. But for the church, these are the times that, you know, we should be shining the brightest. Um, These are the times that we shouldn't be, you know, falling in with the world and with the confusion around us. But these are the times for us to rise up and, you know, to become bold during these times and let our light shine because people need that light. It's very dark out there right now. And, you know, it's a great opportunity for the church to shine. So um, as I was studying this, um, church history is something that, I mean, history in general is something I love. But um, if you look at church history, it has taught us that even during great opposition and in the times of great opposition, great revival is at hand. In the second century AD, Tertullian, who is considered the father of Latin Christianity and the founder of Western theology, states that Christians do not engage in the foolish, foolish worship of the emperors, that they do better, they pray for them, and that Christians that Christians can afford to be put to torture and to death. And the more they are cast down, the more they grow. He actually is quoted as saying, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. So you have to think like back to 
this time period in history um, and in church history, he lived during the rule of some of the worst and most cruel of the Roman emperors. Like, if you study any of that um, period of history, you're aware of that. That time period was just unrelenting in, you know, the Roman Empire. Um, and, you know, those cruel rulers and stuff, their pleasures came from torturing and killing Christians and Jews for sports. Um, you know, and anyone that was different, you know, whether it was like um, Northern Europeans or you know, people from other lands that they had conquered or whatever, their sport was to kill these people, and particularly Christians and Jews. And so they would bring them into their coliseums, and they would watch them be, you know, fed to the lions and cheer and, like, get a thrill out of it. It was just, like, crazy to think about that. Um, they would even, there's even documentation that they would use their corpse as, you know, the corpses of all of these people that were slayed as lamps in their garden parties. And, um, you know, we know from history that Christianity wasn't legalized in the Roman Empire until a century after Tertullian's death um, during the rule of Constantine. So, you know, he's writing during a very, very bloody time for the church as far as, you know, persecution and stuff. Here in our own country, in America, like... This, we're nowhere near this type of, you know, oppression. So for him to say the things he's saying really makes you take a step back and say, if he was saying those during that time, you know, how much more of an opportunity is it for us here today? Um, so, you know, even in times like this, um, we see that the church you know, grew and it expanded um, in ways, you know, that to the mind is like boggling because it shouldn't have grown, you know, in the natural lake. That should have thwarted the, you know, uprising or whatever um, that the Romans saw it as. But instead, it actually fueled the fire and fanned fan the flame and grew the church. Um and if you know, you know, when Constantine came into power and he made, you know, Christianity legalized, that's where we start seeing it really, really spread um, through the Orthodox Church in the East and um, the establishment of Constantinople and then with the, you know, Holy Roman Empire and so forth. Um, so anyway, back to my point with all of this is that, you know, even in these times, it did nothing more than cause the church to grow and expand. And my question to you is, why do you think that is? Why do you think in these times, in these perilous times that, you know, the early church was living in and these things that we, you know, hear about and so forth um, from this time, why do you think that the church was still growing and people were still pursuing God in spite of those circumstances. And I personally believe it's because of, you know, even in the harshest of environments, the early church was a church of prayer. And that life of prayer yielded peace and contentment. So no matter what surrounded them, they were in a place of contentment and peace. Because they knew 
no matter how bad it got on this side of eternity, you know, heaven was on the other side. So no matter how bad it got on this side, hey, Jesus is on the other side up in heaven waiting, you know. Um, so now if we look at um, modern times, we see revival and we see church growth exploding in the most oppressed of places like the communist and regime or totalitarian controlled countries in um, places like Asia, like China, North Korea, Myanmar, form, which is formerly Burma, um, and those places. We see revival sweeping through Pakistan and Iran and other places where the practices of such faith can actually result in death, and yet people are still spreading the gospel in spite of that. Um, and then, of course, in our own nation, we see some of the greatest restrictions on the church that we've probably seen in, at least in my lifetime, and I know from talking with people who are, you know, more mature and, and older than I am, in their lifetimes, they've never seen some of the things we're seeing now. Um, you know, like places on the West Coast where it's actually producing an uprising and a revival. Many are even dubbing it as the second Jesus movement, where the church is going beyond the four walls. You know, they're, they're going to the beaches and the parks, and they're worshiping outside the four walls of a building, where they're being told they can't worship, you know? And they're like, fine, we can't worship, you know, in a building. Well, we'll go worship God on the beach, you know? <laughs> So, it's, I mean, it's really exciting to see that happen. It's also sad to see the oppression that we're seeing rise up against the church in our own country when we have known, you know, such a freedom over the past several hundred years as far as religion is concerned. Um, so it is a little disconcerting in, in that regard. But that's why I'm talking about this today, because... The church has such a strong purpose and call in this time, no matter what oppression exists. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Be sure to subscribe and check out more episodes for uplifting, timely words, as well as informative interviews with experts in various areas of life and ministry, all with the purpose to help you live a life that you love with eternal impact.